0: Head to com slash merch.
1: Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit com slash merch today.
0: And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Here at The Next Real, we've been passionately discussing movies week after week since 2011. That's a lot of movies and a lot of conversation.
1: Sure is, Pete. And to be honest, it's a lot of work, too. But it's work that we love. If you've been enjoying our show, we'd like to remind you that there are ways to support us, even if you're not able to become a member just yet. You might have heard us talk about our new Watch page, where we've listed every movie that we've talked about paired with Amazon or Apple links to rent or buy the movie.
0: Now we'd like to introduce you to our Originals page. Let's take a trip down memory lane, Andy. Do you remember what the first film we discussed on The Next Reel was that was an adaptation?
1: Uh, Well, let's see. It wasn't, obviously, our Indiana Jones series, because those were all original. Uh, though we did Charlie Kaufman. Oh, oh, of course. It was adaptation uh, from Susan Orlean's Orchid Thief.
0: Exactly. We have covered quite a few adaptations over the years, and now we're providing a way for our listeners to delve into the original source material.
1: That's right. Just head over to com slash originals, and you can see the list of all the adaptations that we have discussed.
0: From our David Fincher series featuring The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Social Network, Zodiac, Benjamin Button, and Fight Club.
1: To our Paranoia Trilogy with The Parallax View and All the President's Men. We have covered a variety of adaptations.
0: Those were some great discussions, especially Fight Club. And let's not forget our baseball series with the natural and field of dreams adapted from Shoeless Joe.
1: And up in the air, and thank you for smoking. So many memorable conversations.
0: Absolutely. And you know what's exciting? Each purchase you make through our links doesn't cost you any extra, but a percentage goes to support The Next Reel and our family of
1: shows. You can support us while diving deeper into these fantastic stories, whether it's the paper, audiobook, or Kindle version.
0: We've also included plays and movies. If they were the source, we'd put it on
1: there. So what are you waiting for? Head to thenextreel.com originals, support The Next Reel, and get your next great read today.
0: I'm off to reread Fight Club. Now, where did I put my Kindle? I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Andy Nelson. Welcome to The Next Reel. When the movie ends, our conversation begins. In just a matter of seconds, you're going to hear a classic episode
1: of this show from back in the day when we called ourselves Movies We Like.
0: So thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to The Next Reel. We appreciate your time and attention, and we hope you enjoy the show. the next reel, everybody. I'm Pete Wright, and that there is Andy Nelson. Hey, hey, hey. And we spoil movies. In just a matter of seconds, you're going to hear a classic episode of this show from back in the day, long before we had a website, or listeners, or taste, or class. We called ourselves Movies We Like, which was with the benefit of hindsight, a
1: terrible name. But before we send you through the window of time to gaze your earballs on movie podcast history, you should learn more about us at thenextreel.com, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Next And if you decide
0: to become a regular listener of this show and you're interested in supporting our ongoing work on our other series like The Film Board or The Speakeasy and Trailer Rewind, please consider a regular donation to us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the next reel.
1: All the contributors are invited to join us in our Slack channel where we have tons of fun and they are entered to win our regular contests, guest spots on this very show, all sorts of good stuff.
0: So thank you everybody for downloading and listening to the next reel. We appreciate your time and attention. We hope you enjoy the show. I I still like this movie. Do you? Yeah, you know, I do. I, I went into it Uh, wondering if I was going to really still uh, like this movie. Because you have been really rambunctious about it.
1: you have been been rambunctious.
0: You've been been really um, antagonistic. It made me feel bad for Steven.
1: I've only been antagonistic because I think the second one is better than this one. I I, I wouldn't say I've been antagonistic toward this film. I've been protagonistic toward the second film.
0: Is that a thi- <laughs> is that a thing? I need I need to look sure. that up.
1: Sounds like one.
0: <laughs> protagonistic. Protag is, protagonistic. Mm-hmm. Well, that can't be found. That's not a thing. You just yeah. it's a thing you just made up. I'm going to okay. stick with it. I'm going to yeah. stick with it. Protagonistic.
1: It's it's ish We're about to complete a great quest, the Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. Oh rats. <laughs> <laughs> This is it. Look. The shield is the second marker. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that. Please. Follow me! Another
0: way! Oh, see. (laughs) here's here's the thing about okay so we're talking uh we're talking of course about the um uh, the, the, th- the, uh, the 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 threequel
1: uh, a- <laughs>
0: in the is that in the the trilogy of uh the trilogy the acknowledged uh, <laughs> trilogy of Indiana jones uh, yes it was uh
1: let's see the last crusade
0: released may 24th, 1989. Hmm. Uh, and uh, let's see. Of the now we didn't talk about this of the in the last two. We should probably uh, we should probably look at this. How did it uh, it it? Uh, grow, I don't know when it says it. I'm so I'm on Wikipedia when it says in uh, box office. Hmm. Uh, four
1: hundred
0: seventy-four million one hundred seventy-one thousand eight
1: hundred six. On a budget of forty-eight million. On a budget of forty-eight million. So. But what
0: does that mean? Like that's to to what date? When they talk about box office, is that like the f- uh, opening year?
1: Um, that's usually the, the run of the film.
0: It, while it's in theaters.
1: Yeah, and then they may, you know, they will often put in like the initial run of, of the uh, video market. Let me look at it. There's uh, another website, The Numbers.
0: Oh, you've got, uh, that's probably something where you have to have kind of a secret uh, key.
1: It's a yes, a secret. Because you're, huh? you're in the now, field. according to the numbers, um, it, the production budget was forty-eight million. The Princeton advertising budget was fifteen million, and the worldwide ad budget was one hundred and fifty million.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow! And it uh, the total U.S. gross. Wait, that it the, has, w- the ad budget was one hundred fifty million. So it, worldwide, yeah. And
0: they spent forty-eight million to make the movie.
1: Yeah, isn't that crazy?
0: Okay, now look at uh, go look at Raiders.
1: Well, hold on. Total right. U.S. gross. Let me go through the gross first. Total U.S. gross in the theatrical performance was one hundred ninety-seven million one hundred seventy-one eight hundred six. Um, that's interesting. The international gross two hundred seventy-seven million. So the worldwide gross. Just for the theatrical performance in 1989, 474 million. So that's where you came up with that number. All right. All right. And then the home market performance. This is this is video and DVD sales is uh, about $21.5 and
0: And that's that's like tracking to date. Somebody's at uh, some yeah, little monkeys actually, out there with an Excel spreadsheet and there and a pencil.
1: Well, it didn't come out. Well, I guess it's just DVD. Sorry, it's not. Okay. VHS, it's how do they, only, how do sales they, tracking currently includes the, only the DVD versions, yeah.
0: How do they do, uh, how do, they, do you know how they track, uh, uh, like, uh, streaming, Netflix? I you don't know, think it's available for streaming, actually, I mean, but. It's but,
1: not, But but for other films, I think in the case of that, it boils down to the clicks it gets, it's just like any other search. Probably not just clicks, it's probably clicks and complete playthroughs. Huh. That would be just my, my best guess. All right. That'd be interesting. As a, as a non-engineer. Uh, yeah. Let's All look right. at So Raiders. I want to look
0: at Raiders because what I'm looking at here says, so we, we saw that the budget, what did you say? On Wikipedia, it says $48 million, the budget yep. to actually make the film. And on uh, Raiders, the, the production budget, budget production was $20, budget was
1: 20. 20 million. Yeah. yeah, Crazy. And that, yeah. Yeah. So they spent more than uh, twice what it cost to make Raiders. Yeah. Um, Raiders' the worldwide gross theatrically was three hundred eighty-six million eight hundred thousand three hundred fifty-eight. Wow! So um, yeah, and interesting, the DVD sales are exactly the same, and you know why that is because they all came out in a box set. That's the only way they've sold it. So
0: Is that the same? I wonder what the uh, DVD sales for the Crystal Skull.
1: Uh, I can tell you that, but real quick, the VHS sales, it does have VHS sales to end 1985. It says 1 million. Raiders of the Lost Ark was the first million-selling video um, as of September 13th, 1985. Wow. That's interesting.
0: That's very interesting. Actually, that's not a surprise. It's a terrific film. Yeah. of course yeah. people I mean because we've already talked about you getting hot for that movie as a kid you got you that that's the movie you want to have and play over and over and over again exactly I think uh so uh, to the last crusade I watch this movie and uh oh, okay so it came out we said in nineteen eighty nine yep that means y- you and I are what seventeen eighteen
1: eighty nine no sixteen seventeen what are we <laughs> <laughs> I was uh 16? I was 17. Yeah. 17. I was, I, I was 15, actually. I was, I was, I was yet to be 16.
0: I, 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 I bet I actually drove my friends to see this movie. This would have been right before I lost my license for <laughs> uh, infractions.
1: Why am I not surprised? Yeah,
0: it was not. I didn't have a good year with cars. No, it was. And so this movie, uh, I had this. this movie represents that sort of uh, comic book independence for me. I love this movie. I do. I love it actually more since you've been so grumpy about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, um, you know, I will say, when this movie came out, this was a, uh, a different period of my life where I was much more in tune with what was going on in the world of film and filmmaking um i started you know having an interest in that field by this point and um i was actually aware much more um of when films were coming out and what they were and who was in them and yeah, i didn't have that sense when the previous two came out i just knew there was a movie out there this is one that i actually know for a fact that i saw opening night so um
0: oh you don't you you didn't catch uh the the second one opening night
1: you would have been I don't, too young I, for that. I have no idea if I caught it opening night. It's entirely possible, but it was. if I did, it was. I'm sure it was not a planned thing. Mm-hmm. I know it was a full theater. I know very specifically where I saw it. Um, it was in the movie theater on the ski mountain up in Steamboat Springs. But oh. um, but I don't think that... Or I just don't know if it was opening night or not. This was your, so. uh,
0: close to your family chateau. Yes,
1: right, right. right. I, ski, I skied down you, to the Did you data. ski
0: to it and yes. <laughs> you're carried from the lift or from the bottom by a tribe of golden monkeys?
1: Yes, yes. I, uh, and I am the monkey king. You,
0: <laughs> I, okay, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. we, we got to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but, but I want to talk first of all, uh, about, because you, you made a connection for me last week uh, that I hadn't made or uh, maybe you you led me to make a connection uh, yeah. that I hadn't made which is I, where I, had, I think they made s- it I think they they screwed up in the opening of this movie I think they screwed up
1: I think you're right
0: how did they screw up
1: the um, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom there's a really fascinating character arc for Indiana Jones where he starts the film. All about the fortune and glory that archaeology can bring to him. And over the course of the film, he learns that what's important is not necessarily you know, the fame that something like the Shankara Stone can bring him, but what it actually means to its people. And it becomes more about – you know the, that's how he develops his character as it's, it belongs in a museum, it belongs to the people, less about it belongs on someone's shelf and it's not about making money. And the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade begins with a, a, a very fun bit with um, River Phoenix trying to prevent these grave robbers from stealing these this cross of Coronado because he feels that it belongs in a museum, which you know doesn't fit in with how his character develops across the three films.
0: The fortune and glory bit.
1: Right. It's exactly. because there's
0: a point. We see the point when... Indiana Jones learns that lesson yeah in in the Temple of Doom right so somewhere uh, somewhere between River Phoenix Indiana Jones and uh, the prequel chronological prequel Temple of Doom <laughs> there is a lesson there that Indiana Jones unlearns well,
1: yeah apparently he all of a sudden decides to get greedy
0: he gets greedy. He, yeah, We don't know how that happens, but the, but it, it's, a, it's a thing that then makes that transformation, the fortune and glory, de-transformation less believable yeah. in Last Crusade. Is that, that's our
1: contention. You mean in Temple of Doom? Uh,
0: right, right, Temple of Doom.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I, I agree with you. I think that I, I actually 100% love the whole River Phoenix opening of the film. I mean, it, it is a little silly, but i really enjoy it 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 does uh it works for me but it just doesn't fit like once you think about his character i think that it's not a uh, a contiguous path for his character p- to be traveling and yeah. honestly i think it's something that reflects the um dissatisfaction that spielberg and lucas probably had with um the temple of doom the fact that they almost were more um willing to just completely write it off and ignore it when they went on to make the third one
0: you think that's what that's what this was
1: well i mean i whether it was intentional or not i think that's what happened with it don't you
0: Wait, wait! Say that again. You you think that 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 they that this was a write off movie? That they were so dissatisfied with the second they knew they were going to make a trilogy that they just they just did it to get it done. They no, knew no, no, no. That's think?
1: that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they were so dissatisfied with with Temple of Doom that they were not concerned about um, making sure that they they kept Temple of Doom. Um, oh, in mind oh, when they oh, wrote oh, the third oh. one. So, oh. so they weren't concerned about, okay, let's think about the journey from River Phoenix to the Temple of Doom to Raiders to The Last Crusade, right? They yeah, no, of,
0: I see that. I, yeah. I see that. And, I, you know, I think I, I was going to say, I, it is very clear that this movie is, to me, it's very clear that this movie is reactionary. Uh, yeah. To to number two, I mean that that I think goes without saying, but uh, uh, but I I also think that that they were v- much more aware, and in many respects, this movie I think is the spiritual sequel to
1: Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, is that what you call it? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I call, it's, I call it the spiritual remake. <laughs> 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 Man, you're hard. <laughs> Come on, it's exactly the same story. Okay, it's a little different. But you know, you got the Nazis, the you got the religious icon I, that they're trying to get. It is. You, now, you've now, this got is, the bad guy who's following the same path. He doesn't want to work for the Nazis, but he sees it as the only way so that he can get his uh, his glory from the icon that they find. I mean, it's it's the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's the point.
1: Oh, the wow. first
0: time was great. I know, and what they did. Okay, the problem. I do have some problem. I have a problem with the Nazis again. I didn't need the Nazis. Right, <laughs> looking for the Holy Grail. It doesn't need to be a race against Hitler. It doesn't need to be that. That that could have been something else. Uh but I love, uh, I I love the the uh, what do they call it's the uh, the MacGuffin, right? I mean, the Grail it it ends up being this sort of the grail search, but that ends up being really irrelevant to, Not, to the to the plot of the story. It could have been anything. It could have been the Monkey King. It could have been the Prokakta Idol from Raiders again. I mean, it could have been the Cross of Coronado. It could have been anything. The story ends up being about his father.
1: Yes, but I mean, I do think that they, I think that they found a good way to tie in the grail because that is the, the, um, The item that forces Indiana Jones to actually go through that tunnel and to find the grail. Because without that, he would not have gone through that last journey. You know, by by the fact that Donovan shoots his father, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it puts that into motion. And I actually, I like that bit. I think that was a great way to get him to do that yes uh, and, and you know i i i know i am very i can be very negative about the film i think it has a lot of strengths and i actually do enjoy it i just i'll I'll talk about something here in a minute that i that i as i just rewatched it that always that the more the time passes it just strikes me as something that just makes it uh less enjoyable for me
0: go ahead what is it lay it out
1: you know, okay i'll talk about it now
0: well um, i what do you unless you want to talk about something else
1: i got idea. no i, I I guess we can talk about this now. The um Is this in the notes? Are you gonna whip out the notes here? It's it's not it's not in the notes. Oh, this you're sort of setting me up. I no, I just I because I literally just finished watching the film. And All so right. I've been thinking about this, trying to figure out why I just found it a little less satisfying than the previous two. And I think what it is is it just has a little um too much Hollywood gloss to it. The first and the second one were made a lot closer to the tail end of the 70s when there was a real um, change in the film industry. And I think there was a lot more um, raw sense in the way that films were made back then. Um, the independent um, film movement started up. You had a lot of filmmakers trying to tell real stories, trying to get away from, from what like the 50s were in the Hollywood times, the 60s. Um, they started making just a lot more personal films a lot more um edgy films it was a time when you know you had a lot of hard-edged films and i think that came through a lot more in raiders and even in temple of doom um with the darkness granted that one also had quite a bit of um buffoonery i guess we can uh, we can call it no, it just it feels a lot more like just a very hollywood film um i'm getting internet connection notes can you hear me still
0: yeah well, you timed out for a minute but it, you it's like you caught up with yourself that was Interesting. a strange thing
1: <laughs> so it it just feels so it's too lo- shiny it is i mean if you look at the characters they all feel shiny of oh, the bad guys like that belloc or tote had or even oh, they, were, yeah, they were yeah
0: they're just dirty and sweaty and just kind of grimy there's grime yeah. all over everything
1: yeah in this one it just feels very like you said it just feels shiny it all feels very hollywood and like um even in temple of doom when you're actually in the temple of doom i mean that feels like a real location it's just enormous it's this big place and and when you go through the whole minecart chase, everything just has a lot more sense of like I'm in that environment. Um in this one, I you know, I feel that quite a bit, but it, when I, I always am pulled out at the end when she crosses the seal with the Grail, and all of a sudden that big earthquake happens, like that whole scene just feels so it just screams, Hollywood soundstage, screams, like oh, yeah, it does, yeah. And, and you know, and then she falls into the little smoke thing, you know, and uh, I don't know, I, I lost to it and i think that's something that um keeps me from enjoying it as much as i would like to
0: yeah you know i can see that i guess i mean you know for me where that where that comes out is you know particularly scenes like the um like the the biplane the red baron sequence mhm uh it, you which i'm affectionately calling it <laughs> uh, it's, it's the, that appears shiny and it feels like they, uh, it, it's like they were testing new mats, you know, <laughs> they were testing new green screen stuff. It just felt a little, you know what it felt? It felt, uh, um, it, it felt more like a Spielberg sort of laboratory piece, like young Sherlock right. Holmes kind of a thing, you know, right. it, it was just like, we're going to try some new stuff here because we think we're going to be, it's really going to pay off in spades later. Yeah. Um, yeah and and so I, I i recognize that I recognize that um, b- but at the same time like how how much of that does that get in the way of the of the actual development of of the story, and do those you know <clears throat> one of the things that bugged me so much about about Temple of Doom is that it got so dark, so fast after the initial uh, you know the initial roller coaster through the escape on the mm-hmm. raft. Compared to Raiders, which was such a well-timed bit of action, right? Uh, yeah. You know, action sequencing. I think this had much more of that Raiders pacing, and I think you, you know, you say, I think with a bit more disdain that this was a remake of of Raiders, and I, I would say that I would say the same thing, but with, but much more complementarily. Uh, it's like they captured the the pacing that that you know really works.
1: No, and you know what? You're right. I I agree with you. It does, um, it moves a lot better. Everything feels like it just, it's a lot more even. I, I have a problem with some of the comedy in this one still. It just, some of it feels a little too hokey for me, um, which may play into the the shininess of it. It just, I just can't buy into it a little bit. It's a little much for me, but it's you're the, right. That's
0: the Connery bit. I mean, you don't. What you're talking about is Connery. You don't like. You don't no, like.
1: No, it's no. Actually, I love Sean Connery, and it's funny because that's what um I saw in Wikipedia that you know Sean Connery contributed to a lot of the adding more of the comedy, but he, you know he's not in it for the first 45 minutes, exactly. and there's there's plenty of of goofiness going on before him, so I don't know how much to contribute toward. um to him having contributed to that goofiness. But I, I think the goofiness kind of runs rampant in this one. The, it's like Temple of Doom had the goofiness, but it had the darkness that, um, for me, balanced it out. I know it didn't for you and probably for um, 99% of the audiences out there. But but for... <laughs> I'm, admitting, I'm admitting I'm in the, the small percent on that The one.
0: cheese stands alone.
1: <laughs> the... Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> so I, well, let me just tell you this. I, my, uh, you know, I watch these. Uh, I watch this film on my iPad and and uh, in bed. And uh, as I'm drifting off, and my wife is reading, and she's listening to it because I was being really rude uh, and not using headphones. And and so she is listening. She said, "Wow, what is that?" And I said, it, "What is it? It's The Last Crusade." She says, God. They sound really dumb. <laughs> I said, "What do you? What do you mean? What sounds dumb?" She said, "Just the way they talk. It's like just dumb." And I it, it had never, it had never hit me. But they, they, they do. Uh, it, it it does sound a little dumb in the opening, uh, the opening bits. And I, I, found myself like, it was hard to kind of take that up. It the character that most annoys me. And I want to talk about it because I want to talk about the screenwriting. Yes. Is Elsa.
1: Uh-huh. Why
0: do I, why am I so bugged by her now? I was not when I first saw that move, this movie. I thought she was a redemption piece, but I've come to a new conclusion after watching this again a little bit more critically. Uh, and I will, I will share that with you now.
1: Yes, please do. Uh,
0: the, what I loved about Karen Allen... Right, mm-hmm. which we talked about last week, was how useful she was. Like there was, a, she she was not a buffoon. She was a strong female character, right? And uh, by the same token, I hated. Uh, mm-hmm. I've already forgotten her name.
1: Willie, Willie Scott. I
0: couldn't stand Willie because she was useless and was nothing but a foil in that movie. She brought nothing right. to the table, and she was useless dramatically. Uh, and she couldn't get him out of any scrapes. She was useless. In this movie, obviously the f- the female uh, lead character ends up being a uh, uh, you know ends up being a uh, well a Nazi, mm-hmm. uh, but the perp the the role was filled by Indiana's father, mm-hmm. right? The role of the baggage that would normally have been attributed to a you know kind of the the female lead became was was undertaken by Henry Jones Sr and what i liked about this movie was that he brought the he brought that bit of comedy right he brought that bit of you know fish out of water story uh mm-hmm. this guy who really just needs to be in more of a, a, a sort of a research environment uh doesn't know how to handle the action that he's being introduced to and yet he has mm-hmm. he plays a critical role in the way the story unfolds both the interpersonal relationship with his son and the dramatic relationship with the grail mhm I thought that was executed really well, and Elsa ended up really detracting from that.
1: She does, and I completely, 100%, agree with you. She's a very frustrating character to watch, and um, the more I watch this film, the more she bugs me. I think I think you're right. It's the um, it's the fact that I mean, it's a very important relationship to have that um, impact character with, with Harrison Ford as our protagonist, where we have his father who really kind of helps him change in this film. You know, he's got that moment at the end where he's got that temptation, you know, he's finally, you know, Indiana Jones is turning back to the temptation and his father finally is able to kind of pull him away from that. And that's a great moment in this film, you know, Elsa, um, really doesn't do much in this film other than provide a twist you know right. i mean that's all she does you know we think that she's going to be the romantic interest in the film she's kind of playing it up like that and then at the actually it's actually interesting that it is the moment when the father appears that's when the twist happens and we learn that she's actually not a good guy
0: that was really i, I thought that was a great scene and i think there are the to me this was the the castle scene I, right. I, I thought it was there was a bit of buffoonery with him going. He just doesn't have the Scotch accent. Harrison Ford uh, he, did, he did not look like an idiot. That I've
1: was. gone and got the sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna I I give will
1: it say up. I love the fact that I think that's probably the only time I've seen Harrison Ford ever do something other than play Harrison Ford.
0: That's a good point, and you know I love the I also love the fact that that Harrison Ford with this. Horrendous Scott Jackson actually <laughs> fools the butler,
1: right? Yeah. He fools well, yeah. the German yeah. only so, for a second. Uh,
0: only for a second. So it was a. Um, I want to see the tapestries. I want to see the tapestries. <laughs> uh, it, it was <laughs> not. Yeah, it was not good. But. Otherwise, I, I loved the, uh, the, the, um, the castle scene. I loved it yep. because it had this flavor of you, – you have the kind of mystery, the rainy mystery of, of, uh, you know, of the rescue, and a healthy dose of Marx Brothers – Okay, <laughs> you know with the revolving th- with the revolving fireplace and the bouncing i geez, when they're bouncing on the chairs trying to I, get to the I like thing, the chair. that was that was I funny. like the
1: chair bit i I'm always a little uh, you know I was a kid who grew up wanting hidden passages in my house. oh are you kidding I, uh who didn't as a kid right I mean every kid yeah. wants the revolving doorways as I get older, I'm like what it, what sort of German you know castle builder actually is out there oh we've got to bring in the contractor to get the, the hidden passages paid. <laughs>
0: the hidden... our <laughs> our panic room this is gonna be so great no check this out we're gonna have a panic room and it's gonna be hidden behind a lit a giant lit fireplace <laughs> if you really need to hide you've got to earn it that's right <laughs> really uh, okay, but 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 you know you're already in the space of them being tied up and and having this realization that, uh, you know, when when Henry Jones says you know, she talks in her sleep.
1: Uh, right. Oh, please, oh, that good.
0: That was that's <laughs> great. I mean, that is a great bit. I love Actually, that
1: bit. I think that the castle scene may be one of my favorites in the film. I really enjoy that whole bit. I, the revolving doors. It can be a little goofy, but. You know, all the way up through the escape on the motorbike and everything. Um, him I, just
0: getting hit, the, the moment where <laughs> Sean Connery is standing there after Indiana lets the boat go down the river. And Connery <laughs> says, what about the boat? You know, I, I, that was just perfect. Like, that's, yeah. that's, I feel like that's me and my dad, you know, I mean, trying to yeah. get him Try on <laughs> Skype. What about the microphone? Uh, so i i love that go ahead i interrupted you i got excited
1: i I don't know i I probably interrupted you before that
0: let's talk about the the screenwriting process for this wait wait before before we talk about
1: the screenwriting i will say the one thing about the castle scene that aside from the revolving door that is something that i always question every time i see it at this point i don't know if it bugs me anymore but it's something that i still question it's because it works well in the film it's a, it's a timing moment for a movie that just makes a movie what it is it's the moment when the bad guys see the boat driving away and so they hop into the boat <laughs> and and before they're even away from the dock i know harrison ford and his dad like drive out of the box in theirs it's like really you're not gonna wait until they're like down the river
0: <laughs> you're literally, get getting like, 10 feet <laughs> 10 feet away <laughs> from know. the dock they they and and it's a, it's another one of those that that those I, this it actually bugs me it bugs me it bugs me like the scene when he turns around in temple of doom and all of the turban clad uh, guys <laughs> have their swords pulled out or their blades pulled out and they're right. doing that song and dance number. It's the same thing right. because all the Nazis turn around at the same time
1: yes. and,
0: and have that same look of, oh, my gosh, now it's time for the chorus number.
1: <laughs> it's just terrible. That happens a few times in this film. It does. <laughs> it does. In this film. Another one that I was questioning, it's like, okay, the, um, oh, what is it? The Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword. So those guys, led by Kazim, they follow... Indiana Jones and Elsa down under the library floor, you know where he's now created this giant hole, which nobody nobody else in the library seems to notice, except for except for them. Um, So they follow him down there. They conveniently wait for them to discover the shield on the the guy in the coffin. Yeah, are they do the rubbing and everything, and then they light the you know the kerosene water on fire. Um, Essentially, I would think assuming that they're blowing everybody up that's down there or incinerating them, right? There's so much fire going down that 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 tunnel that Indiana Jones and Elsa are in. Those guys would have no way of knowing that they're actually hiding... Under the coffin in the water, and that they swim out the sewer. Yet, conveniently enough, as soon as Indiana Jones and Elsa pop out of that sewer in the middle of the restaurant, those guys come running out of the library with all their weapons ready to take them out. It's like how how did they know that they escaped? I Uh.
0: yeah no see I was maybe a little bit bullish on on this movie because what that the library scene actually gives me trouble too. I have always wondered where is the pillar of fire that goes back up into this ancient library. Yeah, right. Like right. did we just did we just incinerate the the, <laughs> the, whole, library. the whole library of the Byzantine Empire? Yeah. yeah and and the the other piece that's always given me trouble when I was a kid I loved this scene, the discovery of X marks the spot. Mm-hmm. As an adult I I have a hard time watching it. Like it just yeah. doesn't quite pass muster. It's a giant black X on the floor. Right. And it's a little too difficult for these three scientists of archaeology to discover it. Yeah, right. It just seems a little bit tough. They've already discovered the two other Roman numerals and the fact that they're all standing on a giant X. And in all of their walking back and forth, they didn't see it coming in, you know, three, seven. You know where I saw an X? It's the one we're standing on. I I just I just had trouble with that. It always gives me
1: a fit. Yeah, um, that's one of those moments that works well for the film because you get that nice jib move over it, and you get to see yeah. it. it's the reveal. It you know? is. It's, it's that convenient world within the movie where the, none of the characters see it because we don't see it.
0: It's right because apparently they're walking on clouds until. Mm. And I re- actually really like the way the 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 the, the jib move moves because <laughs> it. If you look at the. The, what do they call the the sort of horizontal plane, the bottom of the frame? Yeah. It moves perfectly in line with his footsteps as it goes up the spiral staircase. Like it it stays perfectly in alignment with that. And dare I say, intentionally in alignment with his feet. And it looks like he's he's actually being lifted up on the by the frame. Yeah. And so by the time it tilts down to look at the floor, it's it it is. It's a it's a grand reveal. It's just kind of a stupid thing to reveal.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's I mean I I acknowledge it's a that they're they're playing with the the motif that he established earlier in the film where yeah. he tells his class x never and x marks, never the, marks spot. the spot and then here it is x marks the spot <laughs> okay uh, yes now, so anyway we were going to we were going to talk about screenwriting yes so talk to me about the screenwriter w- uh, well
0: all right so this movie had lots of hands in it mm. <clears throat> it was uh uh, originally penned uh, by, I guess, yeah, I got to get the, all the names in order. Chris, it, it looks like Chris Columbus was the first one uh, who sort of took the story from Lucas and Spielberg. and
1: Yeah, because I, mean, I, I think just like Temple of Doom, Lucas and Spielberg kind of started spinning story ideas first, and then... Uh yeah, then they brought Chris Columbus in to work on the script.
0: Now, we we're we're operating with the benefit of hindsight. Yes. At that time, Chris Columbus had written Gremlins, mm-hmm. uh Goonies, there. uh Young Sherlock Holmes. Uh and uh is uh, and now we know that he uh, he went on to, you know, to write a lot more than that and I would say most notably, well, I mean, I guess if you count uh um, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, but I think
1: most noticeably, noticeably, uh, yeah, <laughs> most, most those notab- who notice, <laughs> those who noticed, most notably was Bicentennial Man. Of course, that's what you're referring to, right? Uh, well,
0: I, you know, actually, that's a I, I quite enjoyed that movie, uh, and I think uh, <laughs> the other two people I was in the theater with when I saw it liked it too.
1: You know, Chad was in that, right?
0: We're talking, of course, about uh, Chad Stoops. Yes. Uh, Dear friend and famous uh, actor, I did not know that he he was in that movie. No, I did not. Uh, t- do tell, what what you, was he? he was an him?
1: extra in the uh, I don't know. There's a big dance scene or something. I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, I, there's a dancing scene where everybody's dancing, and and he's one of the dancers. Are you
0: telling me you haven't seen Bicentennial Man? I, ha-
1: I haven't. I was that, being completely. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. A bit. When I said that. A bit. It's
0: a love story. You know, it's a robot love story. Yeah. It turns out the coming robot uprising they're just like people. No. A guy just gave it away.
1: Wow, thanks. So, Chris no, Columbus, thank you really cuz I have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome.
0: Uh Chris Columbus is also uh, responsible for the first I think and second yes. Harry, po- Harry Potter movies and executive producer on the rest of them. Correct. And um what do, what do you, so where do you stand first of all on Chris Columbus because
1: well, off. Uh, well, you know, he is one of those filmmakers, um, you know, he's a writer, sometimes a director, sometimes a producer, sometimes, sometimes he does all three. Um, as a youngster, I enjoyed his films tremendously. He was one of those filmmakers who I think was, was right in tune with the films that I wanted to be seeing in the mid 80s. And uh, up into the uh, probably into the 90s, and then somewhere in the 90s, I kind of lost interest in the films he was making, and I don't, I don't know. They just still seem just really kind of schlocky Hollywood sorts of films. And uh,
0: it always feels like to me with Chris Columbus, it feels like he actually, while he's making them, and and I, I think probably more than you, I actually. Do quite like his uh, quite like his movies, but I like him for the same reason that it feels like he's sort of tapped into, um, to the messages that I really want to hear uh, <laughs> when I want to let go and not think about anything. And it feels almost like if if there is a textbook for making movies, he's actually reading it while he's writing them. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, I feel like there's nothing really wholly original in how he puts the movies together, but he he what he does he does exceedingly well.
1: Making Hollywood films. Making Hollywood films, right. Yeah, no. I I mean, I think Christmas with the Cranks is a perfect example of that. (laughs) I didn't see that
0: one. So (laughs) I did like to take the exceedingly part back from my last (laughs) sentence. So here's the problem, though. He didn't actually end up writing the final script of this movie. He was ousted.
1: He was ousted. Um, I I don't know if ousted is the right word, but uh, I think his story certainly sounded like a sucky one
0: (laughs) yeah because it was really kind of douchey it
1: was okay this is let me let me read this line because i just think this is fantastic this is a line out of wikipedia it says his first draft dated may 3rd 1985 changed the main plot device to a garden of immortal peaches (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it i want to see that movie (laughs) i know I know, so I could throw popcorn at the screen. Where do you
0: where do you see the sequel to the th- trilogy, which yeah. was about the the venomous pickles? <laughs> I but but it was uh, Baron. Uh, it was about uh, the ghost of Baron Seamus Seagrove the third in Scotland. Another opportunity for Indy to use that rich Scottish <laughs> accent. Now, the see Scottish why did they go that route? What yeah. I liked about that is is um, Well, maybe it was the second draft. So I I did uh, uh, highlight that in this first Columbus draft, Indiana is killed in the climactic battle, but is resurrected by the Monkey King. Mm -hmm. So, thank goodness, he's resurrected by the Monkey King. Thank Um, goodness. Other characters include a cannibalistic African tribe, Nazi Sergeant Guterbug, (laughs) uh, who has a mechanical arm. Nothing like the... Uh, Ah, yes.
1: Please... A little uh, Dr. Strangelove Doctor A little on. Dr.
0: Strangelove. Uh, yeah. Betsy, the stowaway student who is suicidally in love with Indiana. That sounds like a charmer.
1: Mm-hmm. And a
0: pirate leader named Kazur. Uh, now, the, the t- let's see, who, who dies eating a peach because he is not pure of heart. Uh, there's a tank, apparently, in it that is three stories high and requires Indiana to ride a rhinoceros to come and hear it. Now, I- <laughs> It just keeps getting better better, <laughs> it's like really but but I think it really it, it you know mm-hmm. you made a comment like they, man, they were dead set on the monkey King, and I think you're i, I don't know why uh one why of them had this, yeah,
1: one of them has a fascination with the monkey King, I don't know which one it is, I'm guessing George Lucas because he's a crazy man, it but really is
0: such a Lucas, the monkey it, it, King it That's is a Lucas mm-hmm. uh the monkey
1: actually guy. look right here. I'm just looking up on the page. It says, in September 1984, Lucas completed an eight-page treatment titled Indiana Jones and the Monkey King.
0: He wanted the Monkey King. Well, it would have solved a couple of problems. The first one is, you wouldn't have had to dive back into the well of the Nazis. There you go. And I think that was probably one of the reasons they wanted, and they just, uh, you know, I I know, you you just sometimes run out of ideas. Get everybody together, you just run out. You just can't think of anymore. And so... Apparently. But uh, there was a, there's a line I wanted to actually highlight, and I... Um now I've lost it. Oh. So uh so Columbus is ousted after uh they they just don't feel uh like it's um like it really has, like the monkey king is the way to go. And so they bring in Meno Mages. I know I'm not I know I'm butchering that. Do you know how to <laughs> pronounce his name? Mages Mages? M E Y J E S Mayes. Mayes.
1: Mayes. Mayes.
0: mayes. May, he's here's Dutch,
1: a, so it's not I, I'm guessing that mayches. you got to say it without the Spanish accent. <laughs> <laughs> Meno Uh
0: well here's the thing. I uh, Meno did the siege. Oh really? I love that movie. I love that movie. I love it. I
1: love I don't that think movie. You've seen that one? Oh, please. I'm sorry.
0: Denzel, it's Denzel at his best. Yeah. All right, that's totally an assignment for you. That's going on the list. We're going to talk about this movie. To we're going to celebrate that
1: movie. We'll have to do an Edwards Wick trilogy. We
0: totally will. That was a great movie, and so I was surprised to hear that he had had a hand in this uh, in this script as well, um, and, and you know, uh, according to the, the uh, Wikipedia write-up, uh, Indiana travels to Venice, so that, that's where we, we finally introduce the, the Venice and Petra connection. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have um, anything about the Monkey King. W- he, he's the one who introduces the Holy Grail, so the story is now totally changed, uh, and we, we bring in the father figure, because the father figure was not in the first two drafts, the Columbus drafts. Unless yeah, I something.
1: so obviously Menno made much more of an impact on what they were doing with yeah. the story than Chris Columbus was.
0: The, uh, I think the what's interesting to me is that he, the, the impact that he made, what didn't make it, was, I think, an even more religious, sort of heavily religious overtone. Uh, yeah. In the denouement, the Nazis touch the grail and explode. When Henry Jones touches it, he ascends a staircase Into heaven. Chantal, who was the love interest at the time, chooses to stay on Earth and marries Indiana, and um, uh, you know all is well. Uh, Were they going to have Led Zeppelin do the music? Yeah, (laughs) maybe that's why they they didn't they didn't get the rights, so they had to change the script. (laughs) So I find that interesting. Like I wonder, uh, you know, I wonder how much that that um, uh, that affected the the final story. In the end, uh, Menno did not stick around, uh, and uh, the final task of of writing the final draft went to Jeffrey Bohm. Mm-hmm. I uh, wrote in the notes that I uh, you know, because after I, I started reading this thing, I, I, did, I didn't even know who this guy was. I'd never even heard of him. I didn't even hear I, and all of his movies I've seen, and most of them I like.
1: Yeah, he's one of those screenwriters that... Um I, I I can't say I liked all of them, but he certainly wrote a lot of very um very big films at the time, you know, in the late eighties, early nineties. And um it was it was surprising to me also when I looked and I was like, Wow, this is the guy who adapted the Dead Zone and wrote Inner Space and The Lost Boys and
0: We can talk about all those big name movies all you want, but until you talk about the adventures of Briscoe County Junior we ain't having a conversation, son.
1: <laughs> well, tell me about that then.
0: Oh, Briscoe County. Uh, it, Briscoe was Bruce Campbell. I mean, it was yes. like it was you know Bruce Campbell of uh, of the you know uh, Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's it's I, I can't believe that I now know the name of a guy who created that movie. I I'm, or that show. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was fantastic short run one season epic underrated that was uh, the
1: one where it was it was like it was a western right yeah it was, was a west cowboy or something yeah, that's why
0: it didn't last uh, i think man. bruce campbell as much as as much as i i do adore bruce campbell it turns out the public rather uh, prefers him as the old spice pitch man uh what you haven't seen the bruce campbell old spice no that's, they're
1: terrific Wow! How have I missed those?
0: Oh no! It's the one where he starts. You know, it's it was before the Isaiah Mustafa uh, ads that are going on right now. So it was a couple of years ago, and they had uh, it. It starts out with uh, with Campbell, uh, and he, he's talking about whether or not you have it. And sometimes you know you you know you have if you have it, you know you have it. If you don't have it, all you you know you want it. And he sits and he's sitting in this leather chair, uh-huh. and he stands up. And he starts walking down this wall, and the wall is painted, it's got this long painting of ships at sea, and it's, it's long bookshelf and, and uh, you know, trays of fine uh, glassware and scotch. And, and this is, you know, 30 seconds of him talking about having it, whether or not you have it, you don't have it, in his perfect Bruce Campbell swagger. And by the end, he says, you know, if you have it, you know you've really got it, and you realize he's walked like 60 feet at a slow stroll and ended up at the mirror opposite of where he started, and he sits back down in the exact same leather chair. Huh. It's perfect. It's a perfect
1: spot. It's- I'm going to have to watch that one. Oh, it's great. I'll YouTube it. You
0: must YouTube it. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Witches of Eastwick, uh, two Lethal Weapon movies, uh, and Lethal Weapon we're going to have to talk about, because that was a, a, a series that I think got better until it got worse. Uh, and he he was responsible for Lethal Weapon two and three. Yeah, uh, Indiana Jones: and the Last Crusade, Funny Farm, Chevy Chase, uh, Lost Boys. I quite enjoyed that movie.
1: Yeah, I, I for the time it came out, I absolutely loved that film.
0: Uh, Inner Space. Uh, that seems to be one that that is attached to his name as a as a biopic, and uh, the Dead Zone. <laughs> I lo- that was another one. He, they, he did a great job. That was that was a that was a thinker.
1: You know, I, I really it. I think that actually is one of the um, better of the Stephen King adaptations. Yeah.
0: I, well, between that, The Shining, and Cujo,
1: the early yeah, those, three. Those are probably so. And Carrie, I think those are yeah, some of the yeah. scariest of the adaptations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's this is a guy who did uh, he, he's he didn't he did some great work and leading so obviously again benefit of hindsight leading up to that we had we'd seen him doing uh, uh, Dead Zone, Interspace, Lost Boys, Funny Farm, uh, and I guess he was working on Lethal Weapon too at the time uh, that he was also working on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. They came out mm-hmm. at the same time, right, right? And and so you know I was I was surprised at, uh, that that he was brought in to do this. I don't know why.
1: Well, um, I think it was. Um, I my guess is that inner space is the connection because Spielberg produced that, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. So they probably knew each other from there, and so, and then Spielberg brought him on, and you know, probably they were just looking for a um, a fresh face. You know, yeah. I mean, it's interesting they didn't go to um, uh, what's his name. Uh, who wrote the first one? Why am I blanking on his name?
0: Kurt Kurtzner. No. Uh, no. Oh my goodness! This we just talked about it.
1: I know. Um, well, they didn't go to the the writers of um, any of the films. They didn't look at any of the the previous writers because Chris Columbus, I don't recall coming up in our conversations about Raiders or Temple of Doom. No, that's so true. So they they kind of completely um, L- uh, left all Lawrence, those people uh, behind Kasdan. Lawrence, Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan, right. Yeah. They didn't go for Lawrence Kasdan, and they didn't talk to um Gloria Katz and Or Willard, Willard uh Huy Huick Hoik however you say his name. Um Well that's probably
0: good. I mean they were they were distancing themselves from uh Hoik and Katz.
1: Yes, but it's interesting to me that they didn't go back to um, Kasdan because... um,
0: Because Kasdan was actually, they had asked Kasdan to do the second one and he had to pass.
1: Yeah, I think he felt that they were going down a dark road and he didn't uh, feel it was something that he wanted to to take on. So, I mean, he probably... um, as far as he's concerned, made the right decision, but um, yeah, Very I'm good. surprised they didn't go back to him though to uh, tap into what he did with that first one.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, so the, the the movie ends up. I, I think. Uh, I think part of the thing that. I don't know if I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I, I often think of this when I look at movies that, that cause some sort of consternation and the clumsiness of dialogue and humor and character development, right? Is mm-hmm. that there are uh, – there? it usually ends up, right, that there are too many hands in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you agree yeah. with that? I, I think that can be the case. I don't think it always is. I think when, when there are too many hands, I think what you may find more frequently is not necessarily um, some of that kind of hamminess, but it's more the, um, the inconsistency because you know, somebody had a character do this, but then another per- writer came in and had the character do that. and next thing you know, the character is doing these things that don't really seem to fit, you know
0: that the voices in their heads are different.
1: Exactly, yeah uh,
0: do, I you know I, I don't that doesn't strike me in this movie as something that is, uh, that is you know troublesome. I, you know he gets through um, you know, he, he passes the tests, and I think the tests were convincing in the context of the story. Mm-hmm. once you get through the the clumsiness of the dialogue in the beginning that my wife says is just the stupid stuff. <laughs> it it ends up being a uh, it ends up being an uh, the 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 climax to an adventure story that i buy you know i'm i'm yeah. in it i'm in it and i could not say that about the second movie but i absolutely say that about the third
1: hmm interesting well
0: i don't know if it i don't
1: know if it's interesting it, well it's I, I don't know. I don't know. the The third one, I it just it just feels I can, Hollywood. I, can, uh, and I can tell it's you, one want of those are
0: tell me off right now.
1: I no, I don't. I I acknowledge that I'm in the minority with with the second and third <laughs> movies. <laughs> I completely uh, see where you're coming from. It just the the third one. There are times when I, I can just not pay attention to the Hollywoodness of it and I completely just enjoy it. And it's got some fantastic set pieces. Another set piece that we haven't talked about is the tank chase at the end, which I, I think is just is a fantastic, fantastic sequence.
0: It is um, a fantastic, I agree with that. I, I don't know what trumps it for me, though. The disintegration of, uh, what's his name at the end? Donovan. Donovan, uh, uh, where you get the Chia Pet hair, scene (laughs) that makes me happy every time I see it and then did you this is I don't know if this is intentional but it cuts to it cuts to her to Elsa and she's she's she has her close-up Catherine Hepburn scream right "Ah!" and then it cuts back to him and do you know who he is (laughs) he's he's Christopher Lloyd (laughs) (laughs) as his face is degenerating it's Christopher Lloyd
1: you know I will say um, that, yeah, I've always, even when I first saw this, I've always had a hard time with that moment when he's uh, kind of disintegrating, aging at a ridiculous rate. Whatever it is that he's doing there, it just has always appeared pretty hokey. I think that the death sequences in Raiders are far superior to this one.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how to respond to that. With the heat, the heat lamp melting, you think is superior to the Christopher Lloyd I, aging scene?
1: You've got like real like red blood like pouring off the guy. I don't know. I I buy that one a lot more than than this his guy is aging. dehydrated. That's what it was. He was dehydrating. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Okay, so uh, yeah. Wait now now that you brought Donovan up though, I will say that aside from Elsa, I Admiral also fears feel- I also feel Donovan is just completely underwhelming as a villain. And I just I I think that the Nazi um is a little more interesting of a character than than Donovan is. Donovan, I don't know if it's just Julian Glover who's playing Donovan or if it's the character or what, but it's, he's definitely just no Belloc.
0: No, and- I was just going to say that they try. You can tell they were trying to get Belloc. They were trying to find that conflicted character, which is what we liked so much about Belloc. Yeah, that he was a guy who you could tell was far more into the ex- exploration than into the villainy. Right, he just had a different take on it. Yeah, right. This was the Nazis were a means to an end for this guy. Yeah, and. And yet, you're right. It was just, in general, the villainous characters from the from the guys who light the petroleum on fire, right? The the mm-hmm. Sikhs. The, the brotherhood the of brotherhood. the Uniform sword, right? Yeah. Uh, so from from those guys to Elsa and her turn to Donovan, the sort of those sorts of of kind of darker characters end up more just sort of punctuating the the film, and rather mm-hmm. than making a real impact on it. Yeah, but again, the story is about the father. I think the ultimately the relationship of the father.
1: Yes, but your protagonist is only as good as your antagonist. Yeah. Now I will say the one thing that I do like about Donovan is that he he is he does like shoot Henry Jones, and yeah. I thought I, I think that. That is a great movie. If it's the it?
0: only bold move he makes in the, yeah, in the film that isn't you know reactionary, yeah, uh, to some external force, right, right, yeah, yeah. But you're you know you're right. the the the, the climax of the movie, uh, you know, the big gimbal, Petra falling apart, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it's a little bit uh, Star Trek. You know, you can feel okay. Everybody, it, now move ex- this way at the same time, and then move this way at the <laughs> same. <time. laughs>
1: That's exactly. It's what It's gonna it
0: look great on film. I promise. <laughs>
1: You know, one little quick uh moment before we go somewhere else with this. But just thinking about the end um I always feel kind of bad for the uh that last night who's left there because before when when Indiana Jones first walks into the room You know, he's like, oh, it's finally the the person's here. I knew you'd come. The person who's going to take my place, so I can go. You know, whatever it is that he's going to go do, he's finally going to go into town and have a drink because you know he's been waiting seven hundred plus years. Yeah, and then um, you know he's going to he's about to like knight Indiana Jones and give him his sword, and then Donovan and and Elsa pop in, and then the whole Grail nonsense starts, and. Um, and then you see this guy, like, waving as they're all finally running out, and it's a nice wave. He's just like, you know, you have chosen wisely and yeah. all that sort of thing. But at the same time, you know, he's probably like, damn it, 700 yeah, plus years, 700. and I, I was that close to getting out of this joint.
0: And now they've destroyed the door. <laughs> That's...
1: Uh, so I just had to say that <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, the the how do you feel about the the uh, the end of the movie?
1: Um, the end, end, yeah,
0: the end, end. So they get back on their horses, they ride off. What do you? Think? I
1: I love the the ride off into the sunset. I was really glad that they ended with the ride off in the sunset in the trilogy.
0: <laughs> yeah, the that's acknowledged how, that's, trilogy.
1: That's how they should have ended. It was great. I have. Never liked the fact that um, that Brody rides up. Brody or Grady. Now I'm today.
0: Marcus Marcus Brody.
1: Brody. Yeah, sorry, I don't know why I got Grady in my head all of a sudden. I don't know why in this film they felt the need to kind of turn him into a bit of a buffoon, but it bugs me. And when he's at the end, is like, "Follow me, I know the way," and then he rides off like sideways on his horse, and I yeah. uh, you know, it's like, "Oh, really." But at least it's a nice end, you know. It felt so conclusive. Um, it just was a great um, end moment of the film to see them all riding off into the sunset.
0: I think it was. I think it was. Father was re- was saved. The son father son relationship was redeemed. Uh, and, uh, what well, you know, what's your take on the on the impact of drinking
1: from the grail
0: on these characters
1: um in what sense well because
0: that's kind of an unresolved thing right
1: yeah i mean i walked out of there thinking that okay indiana jones and his father now have eternal life
0: did you
1: i did didn't you i mean they both drank from the grail (laughs) they did and it wasn't until I just watched it just now that I felt a little bad for everyone else in the room that none of them got to. They're pick all out of the just trail waiting too. to pass the cup. And even even Elsa, like all she wants to do is pick it up and run out of the room. She doesn't even go, "Hey, let me have a sip too." Yeah, yeah. No, she's like nobody else is jumping on that cup to have a sip.
0: That was not good. That was not so. good. I, you know, I don't know. I, I felt like uh, I always felt. I, I remember feeling when I walked out of the movie. Uh, that of course there was going to be another movie after. There had to be another movie after this because they're all immortal now, right?
1: Uh, two of them.
0: Well, two. I mean, two of them. Like the the you know uh, Indiana and Dad are are immortal now. So of yeah. course there's going to be another movie. And uh, now I I did not watch the Crystal Skull closely. The first time. I'm going to watch it again, and I'm excited about that, at Which, and I'm shaking my head no when I say that. <laughs> but I don't think that was addressed in The Crystal Skull.
1: I think it is. I think, well, I, I felt like he said something about his dad passing away at a ripe old age or something like that. And um,
0: So you think that was it? But it wasn't a critical tie-in to the fact that there was a sequel.
1: I think they were kind of pretending to not acknowledge that. Yeah you know um
0: which sort of it, disappoints me i guess that's the point like i sort of wanted there to be like now now there's sort of a superhero factor to it you know
1: yeah and it's something it's a little cloudy to me because at the end of last crusade when they're talking to the knight you know he says something about how like the, i can't remember what he says but it's like the grail and its powers cannot leave this cave or something that's uh,
0: right that's the cloudy part
1: And so I'm like, okay, so does that mean that they're immortal, but only if they stay in this cave? But then, you know, they talked about the other two knights when they left and they died when they were like hundreds of years old. But they died. Well, but they died, but at least they lived hundreds of years. Um, So then it's like, well, okay, so Henry and his, and Indiana may not be immortal anymore, but they're probably going to live very, very long time. So then why just, you know, 20 years later is uh, is Henry dead? When that's, we get that's,
0: the, that's the question. So yeah. you, you left thinking that they probably are immortal, but there are questions. Like they didn't really button that up.
1: They didn't button it up. And it was um, yeah, just one of those questions that perpetuated. And I was actually, when I heard that they were going to finally make a sequel, I was actually wondering if that was something that they were going to address
0: a, a sequel so many years later
1: yeah because the first let's see raiders was what was raiders 81 uh I thought it was it was
0: 80,
1: 82 81 or 82 and then temple and of was, June was 84 and then was this an was eight 89. year eight year spread yeah and then we jumped to 2008 so 19 years later yeah that's yeah a, that's a big jump
0: it is a big jump, and i you know well, we'll talk about that next week, but uh yeah, it was eighty one June twelfth nineteen eighty one
1: that was good uh, you' um,
0: you're on it you're on it eighty
1: one We should yeah. remember
0: that it was only a couple of weeks ago uh, <laughs> uh, yeah i that was a b that was a big question it felt like a good way to end it and uh so i'm I'm looking forward to talking about uh, about the the redheaded stepchild of the trilogy, the fourth movie
1: yeah, it'll be good to talk about and just um mostly just, to get it done. Yeah, just get it out there. We got to get it done. Yep.
0: All right. I think we're good. How do you Excellent. feel? You feel good?
1: I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. Can I tell
0: you one thing that actually bugs me? The yes. post the posters. Really? Well, no, the first poster, I love it. I love the first When
1: you say poster. the when you say the first poster, Raiders. Do you mean of Raiders? Okay. Raiders, yeah.
0: Actually, you know, I take it back. Uh, let me I'll be this is really a topic for next week. I I really am bugged by the fourth poster. So it, yeah. what what I'm really saying is there isn't an element of the fourth
1: movie that I like. Right.
0: Even the poster makes me mad.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. <laughs> Cuz I is, love I love Drew Struzan.
0: Yeah who, yeah. who
1: does I don't think he did. I think there were a few um of the initial Raiders and maybe Temple of Doom posters that he didn't do. But for the most part, I think he's done all of the art for all of them. And they're just fantastic.
0: Well, he, yeah. I, I mean, that, that dude's it's, been around a long time. Yeah. Um, he did comics, right? Wasn't he a comic guy? Wasn't he? Uh, and he did it, some Star Wars
1: art? Well, he did. he did the posters for that. I don't think he did comics.
0: No, I mean like action comics. Like he was a Superman guy. Like he did Superman.
1: No, no, no. I don't think so. Did he? now how you' are gonna make me look I'm, it up I'm God, I'm Wikipedia-ing. Wikipedia-ing. Here he yeah i'm wikipedia yeah there he is
0: scrolling down airbrushed one sheets 1990s, 2000s, two thousand cover art for action comics eight hundred including his own self portrait lower left
1: oh there oh you're talking about like recent i thought you meant like when he was young no see these are things that uh i'm out of that circle
0: i uh i i uh, yeah no i'm he's he's quite something you know i i've been reading a lot of comics can have I you? tell you, what do you think about this? Are you a comic guy? Have you, have you read much of the reboots of uh, Action Comics and Superman? No. The, the, uh, the DC re- 52?
1: I stopped reading comics. Um, it was spe- I was spending too much money on them.
0: That's a problem. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a problem. But the, uh, I, I've been getting them on the iPad. And, I, uh, I, and so what's interesting about them is that all of the, all of the female characters are now slutty superheroes. <laughs> all of them they've just gone across the board they've totally uh made the, the in this reboot they've still you know what they've done right they've started over with the lore they've said okay here's batman yeah. and we're going to start over with batman number one and just pretend nothing ever
1: happened before with batman we're just going to do all new stuff well it's probably they probably got that from the movies that keep doing reboots they yeah, probably yeah. said we're hey we're for we
0: can that. we can reboot we know it's been we've had 60 years of lore of this character we're going to do it again and uh and 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 yet they've made it they've done the reboot and it's it's absolutely true to today's sort of violence and the CSI kind of culture and so batman is uh you know he's a he's essentially a, a CSI uh working on the most horrific i mean horrific uh serial killer uh, uh, case uh, that you've seen. in a co- And it's a comic. And it's, I mean, it's a little, it's not something I can sit down with my son and say, let's read a comic together. Yeah. We can't do that. We can't do that. That bugs me. It bugs me. It's a good, I mean, it's a good story. Ultimately, I like sitting down and watching it alone, but I, it bugs me that I can't, you know, share this with my kids. Yeah. Uh, it it requires a whole new sensibility to, to these stories. It'll be interesting to see what the next Batman reboot looks like uh, after the final... Film hits
1: after Chris Christopher Nolan's final it, one,
0: yeah. At this rate, Christopher Nolan will finish his, and it'll probably be two years before the studio says, You know, we should totally reboot Batman.
1: I was really surprised when I heard that they were going to do another Spider Man, um,
0: Spider Man and Superman. They both, they, I'm surprised at both of those.
1: Well, is Superman yeah. a, a, just a complete reboot again? It's a different, or? it's a
0: different Superman.
1: Yeah, but I, I think but it's a.
0: Isn't it another origin story?
1: I have no idea. I, I'm so tired of origin stories. I know. I want to do a Spider-Man movie that looks at him when he's like a thirty-some year old, and you know, you just leave all the origin crap out. Yeah, just you know, be I mean, done. You know,
0: because the problem is, then they they end up you know shoehorning these fantastic villains into origin stories and yeah. the villains are what makes the make the like you see you just said it in fact kudos to you you just said it the it the, the the strength of the protagonist is built on the strength of the antagonist and and i i'm sick of getting these these characters which really deserve more play
1: um well i think i think a challenge that that uh, we have with superhero movies is And I I think this is why origin stories work, because it actually gives a lot of conflict to the protagonist. Like, they actually have a character arc that they have to develop. And I think this is why sequels for superhero movies are challenging, because you have to... All of a sudden, you have this character who's just a goody-goody and just trying to fight for good, and there's not as exciting a character there. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, I think, why The Dark Knight worked so well, because... It took a character who um, was kind of fighting that line of being the good guy and realized that the only way he could truly end up um doing the good that he was doing was by actually making it look like almost like he was a bad guy, you know like mm-hmm. he like he killed um Harvey Dent at the end of. Right. You know, because, and, and that, you know, that moment there where he's like, I, I'm going to have to live in the shadows, you know. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was an amazing moment um, that you don't get in many superhero movies.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I am eagerly awaiting the third one.
1: Yeah. I am too. I, I was a little bummed to hear that Bane was going to be one of the villains in it cuz i thought and my knowledge of bane is only from the um whichever one it was batman and robin or whatever not a good one not a good one yeah no, i thought that it was just a terrible bane,
0: character. bane bane is a is a actually a really interesting character if you if he goes to the lore if he goes to canon yeah. Uh, for for the uh, it is a fascinating character, and and I I'm really interesting interested to hear what what he does because it's a it's a complex character, and I think Christopher Nolan, you know he he when he's at his very best, he's finding he's plumbing the complexities of these characters.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. And
0: at least there's I mean there's no we don't have Robin,
1: but we have, Batgirl. Wow. Well. <laughs> it's not. It could be an okay uh, thing. you right. Well, wait. Uh, well, no, no, wait. Because in
0: the third, uh, well, no, no way, in the third uh, is Batgirl in the third one?
1: Oh no, it's no, not. I mean, it's Catwoman. No, it's Catwoman, okay, and she's and,
0: it's, she, and it's Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is Catwoman.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: She looks great. Is she
1: Catwoman? She's or is she a- Batgirl? Do it. Look it up. I have to look it up. dare you. I dare you.
0: I'm gonna be two for two.
1: Probably. You probably will be. Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle. You're right.
0: That feels good. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like to, be, to have points, but I am going to put a notch on my bedpost. <laughs> <laughs> two, two of them. I think we're good, man. This has been good.
1: Hey, what um, did we talk about what we're doing after next week? We are didn't. We, did are you are we, do we doing know? Alien? the Alien Trilogy? Do you want to? Quadrilogy. Gee, is that an uh, anthology? Uh, it goes all
0: French right in the middle. It goes French. That yeah. changes the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it does. I, I, would, I would
0: do that. I would do that. And you know why? Because I, I got a card from my a Halloween card from my dad uh, where he took this picture of it's a, it's a Lego <laughs> aliens. It's the alien coming. It's the alien <laughs> seed coming out of the chest, but it's a Lego piece. Oh, man. That's <laughs> it's awesome. a guy, it's the It's the John Hurt character on the table with an alien coming out of his chest. Fantastic!
1: That is, that's awesome. I who want that do, Lego piece. Who would
0: do that to a Lego piece? That's horrible. Defiling a Lego piece.
1: They need to have that as a Lego game. All these video games with all these wholesome Legos things. They should do Alien Legos game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally. <laughs> all right. Fun. All right. So we'll think about aliens. I've got. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm thinking also. Uh, um, you know, well, I got some thoughts. Well, tell me. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you right now.
1: You have to tell me one of them at least.
0: Well, I, I was uh, I was thinking about the uh, going historical. I was thinking about the third man.
1: Oh, because you watched it recently and didn't like it very much.
0: I saw it this summer. I watched it the classic uh, film series, uh, and I so we, you know. I was thinking that we could go. We could go black and white.
1: That would be fun, actually. It that would be actually. Fun. That might be an interesting uh, thing to throw in there, considering um, what we just finished. Yeah, right, right. What just we do- will
0: have just finished. Yeah. All right. So think about that.
1: Hey, I have to show you something.
0: All right. Something I'm, s- I'm
1: very, I'm very proud of. Show I, I'm me. not sure if you will appreciate it. Actually, I can't. I have to look at my video thing. Okay. So uh, I can't. Who is I tell- that?
0: You're showing you're showing me a pay. Is that a- Alyssa
1: Milano? No. I don't know if you can read what it says on that. I, I can't. It's in Spanish. <laughs> it's it's in horrible handwriting. What does it, it say? Says, Who is it? An- she, she's very attractive. It says Andy, it came with the frame. What does that does that mean anything to you?
0: All right, I'm going to tell you why it uh, doesn't. See? Because it is it's a three it's a uh, an attractive uh, attractive woman in a with in a frame and she's clearly the model for the frame. Exactly. It's $3, a $3 frame. It was not an expensive frame.
1: In The Burbs, the movie The Burbs, Courtney Gaines, uh, when Tom Hanks uh, and uh, his whole team of people go into the house and they're walking around, Bruce Dern talks to Courtney Gaines' character and says, he picks up a picture and goes, oh, pretty lady, is this your mother? And he's like, no, it came with the frame. (laughs) And it's signed by Courtney Gaines. Oh
0: my goodness. I
1: got him to sign that for me when we were shooting uh that movie this past summer.
0: That's very <laughs> funny. That's very funny. It's you know, funny. you know why? Uh yeah, we should do we should do the Courtney Gaines uh series.
1: That would uh, be fun. Because Children of, Children of
0: the Corn and Wing Commander 3. <laughs> Jeez! <laughs> oh, all right, I'm done with you tonight. Uh, all this right. has been good. This has been it's good to t- it's, uh This has been. Uh, I'm glad it's we're fun. doing this. I'm glad yeah, we're doing
1: this. I am too. All right. It's going to be a painful week watching Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it's but little, it's
0: baby steps. Baby steps, to the, baby, door, baby I steps start to the door. Baby steps. Watching it right now. You should start watching it now. That's I, right. I, while you, it's momentum, inspiration. Yes. Exactly. I can't All wait right. till I can't wait for the Denzel series. Whenever that's coming, I can't wait to because you're watching the Siege first. Uh, I'm going to be perseverating on that. I can already tell.
1: Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and you know,
0: I think I can say confidently this is our longest show.
1: Yeah, probably. If you ever do want any of the soundtracks, though, just let me know. And even if we're not going to put them in there, I, I can. I'll hook you up. I'll Dropbox it to you. I,
0: I don't even. I, I'm going to pretend I didn't even hear that. You're in the industry, man.
1: I'm just gonna no. I'll, I just meant the um, samples, thirty-second samples. <laughs> <laughs> and then, if you're interested, you can go buy it. <laughs>
0: I, and that I will. I'll iTunes it
1: legitimately right yes. away, just like I will with my um, my Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> and on Are that we note, still recording? Uh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course. I had no idea we've been recording this for the, whole, like the last the whole 20 thing. minutes.
0: It's all you. It's all you.
1: That's funny. Good talk. And now I'm eating a Twix bar.
0: I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022...